0: Hello, welcome to 25 Cents, a video game podcast. I'm Chris.
1: And I'm Nick. Each episode, we'll be talking about the games we've tried, other games we keep going back to, and what we think might be great games to check out if you've got kids.
0: You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts or on the web at goodstuff.fm. Hello, Nick. Welcome back. Hey, Chris. This is almost like a regular podcast the real fandango we've done
1: three weeks in a row let's let's uh (laughs) let's not jinx it right
0: (laughs) as i quickly just panicked for a second i couldn't remember if i hit record (laughs) but i did so it's all good (laughs) uh technical
1: difficulties are the name of the game right (laughs)
0: yeah yeah so three weeks in a row good we it's not really a podcast or a regular podcast until you i think you've done it for three months or something that's probably some thought leader stats or something so yeah you're uh yeah. you're surviving in the we you've changed quarantine corner into wildlife well not wildlife wildfire corner <laughs> um you're coming through me from smoke and haze
1: yes, yeah, so we we are not at risk of the fires themselves like some of the areas getting evacuated down in Oregon and California but um or even in eastern uh washington but the the smoke from California went out to sea and came blasting back to the puget Sound. Uh, sailor sea region and um yeah it's a uh, aqi 197 red out there right now kind of a <laughs> yellow tinge on everything uh, so we're staying inside staying safe um, yeah. we we had i think we had bought some n95 masks two years ago after it was really bad and expected to need them last year and didn't use them and now we have them but of course those are vented so quarantine corner rise, you also have to put A fabric mask over that mask, so you're you got all the protections. You're protecting everybody. Um, But to to tie it into something a little more topical for our show, I did see that Apple, being a you know designed by Apple in California company, has pledged a big uh, set of donations to the wildlife. Wild wildlife. There we do it again. (laughs) Wildfire uh, recovery funds in California, which is kind of a cool thing that they're doing. Um, They seem to be doing. More of that kind of thing um, of late, you know they they're doing COVID nineteen aid and and um, uh, this wildfire thing, which makes sense for you know the world's richest company by market capitalization. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. <laughs> they can afford to, I I think, anyways. And uh, yeah, I think in the past, I I gather that they did a lot of this stuff, but they didn't really talk about it as much in the same way that they do now. Um, Tim Cook or whoever seems to sort of say like seems to get I guess that maybe talking about it is better than sort of doing it behind the scenes a bit just because they get blasted so much if they never talk about what they actually do and so it doesn't feel like they need to be like uh, in the press in the same way as other companies maybe do to sort of offset the negative stuff that gets printed about them but it does help I guess probably just to I don't know yeah create a bit of a goodwill and show that they're not just this billion dollar company that Likes to make them lots of money, which they do, but
1: <laughs> yes, yeah, uh although they certainly have had some bad press of late that they need to to work on, which I think we we're gonna to touch on in a little bit yeah. um how how's uh how's your your school week going? Uh, are the kids getting back to a schedule maybe not as much uh, game time as as over the summer
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely not as much game time, and they're um the although and they're enjoying being back at school, we're obviously like it's all the apprehension like, it seems fine, but then also who knows what will happen if uh, something happens, like a breakout of some sort of COVID thing. And our the area is still very, relatively low, especially compared to many other areas around the world, even within Canada. So we're not too stressed that way. But um, of course, if you're not, we have testing available, but if you're not testing, you don't really know. And I, right. I'm pretty sure most of the kids in all elementary schools are not like being tested in any meaningful way on their way into school. So who knows what they have and the teachers get it, obviously, and et cetera, et cetera. So, um, but on the positive side, they are pumped to be back at school with their friends, seeing their friends. They, this last week was a um, sort of split the, ha- the school in half. And so they one class, once half went on a Tuesday, Thursday, the other half went Wednesday, Friday. And so that was kind of easing back into it That in that sense and sort of with the new regulations ar- around desk subs- spaces and stuff so next week when they go back full-time with everybody in the class at the same time will be a i guess a better or worse test depending on how you look at it yeah (laughs) of of what actually is going to happen here now and uh and how it plays out in terms of yeah spreading things or not so trying to be positive but yeah there's a definitely a a worrisome side of it to me and uh definitely a salute to uh, i don't know if we have any teachers out there listening but the huge amount of work, at least up here and I'm sure in down in the States too, this, the teachers are bearing the brunt of all of this in terms of trying to like placate the admin and education side of things, but also the families that are maybe scared or nervous and dealing with the jackasses who want to try and push the, <laughs> against the mask ruling thing and all that kind of stuff and find some sort of balance of having a normal yeah. classroom in the midst of all that uh, is huge and stressful. And yeah, big thanks to them for their work for
1: sure. Yeah. I mean, t- teachers are amazing and, um, you know, we, we seem to have gotten a, a pretty, a good and helpful one this year, but you know, she's having to do, you know, her, their, their training, the standard training for an elementary school teacher or first grade is, is not, it's around managing a physical classroom and we're fully remote here in, in the Seattle uh, school <laughs> district. And, um, you know, she's doing her best to keep 20, some kids engaged on a screen, but it's, it's, um, it's a very different sort of thing. And, and I think some of the teachers got, you know, additional training this summer in preparation for all of this, but it's gotta be hard, uh, to adapt and, and try to take everything, you know, about doing your job and do it completely differently. I mean, like my job is fully remote right now, but the day to day, really, the only thing is different is I can't walk over to someone's desk, you know, I have to ping them on Slack. That's all that's different. Yeah. Um, I'm still sitting in front of a computer trying to get it to do what I want.
0: <laughs> exactly. So, what did you guys? Uh, your um, you so you're doing a remote, and um, I noticed here you said you got a school issued iPad. So that is, are they handing out iPads to everybody, or just like each school is obviously different in how they handle so
1: it? So, I think there there's sort of a central district plan, but the everything's being managed through your individual you know, your school, your assigned school. In our case, that's our neighborhood elementary. Um, and so we went yesterday to go pick it up. We went through the whole setup process with all the documents provided by the district, and it didn't download the apps that we need to join class. Um, and it sounds like a lot of uh, local parents are having this issue. So something went wrong with the um, you know, the Apple device management Set up somewhere on the back end. Maybe too many people, and so we got to go get some tech support on that soon. Um, Now we're we're pretty much fine because we had an older iPad that we were using at home that we installed the apps on ourselves and and you know logging in with with his ID and all that, so it was working and and we had class all week just fine. But I'm sure there are plenty of parents in the district who uh, you know basically weren't able to do anything until they got a device, and now maybe got a device that isn't working for them. And the tech support is, is obviously overloaded. Um, I think we were talking about it a little bit on, on the good stuff, discord earlier about the challenges around managing these kinds of uh, one, one device per kid programs, whether, whether it's during a global pandemic or not.
0: Um, Um, And so then at home, are you doing uh, you've got some board games you were playing. Um, Yeah. uh, Occupying your time away since screen time is obviously now like, (laughs)
1: Yeah. So we, we, we're definitely trying to balance that, you know, during the summer, there was a bit more, um, you know, if he wanted to just do like screen projects, so like art or music on, on the the family iPad, that was more common. And now we're trying to kind of minimize that because this week he's, you know, live on a screen with the class for two hours. And I think starting next week, it'll be closer to four hours a day. Um, I mean, we're not like, Super intense about screen time, but we like to try and have a balance of activities. So one of those this week was um, my son decided he wanted to learn how to play Scrabble. Uh, Scrabble is a big tradition in my uh, extended family. Um, my my mom uh, destroys me all the time uh, <laughs> whenever we get together and play. Um, but yeah, just, I mean word games in general were always popular with us, but Scrabble in particular is is our is an old go to. So it's fun. Um, uh, he he beat me with some, uh, guidance, uh, when it was his turn, um, on spelling or, or word, word placement. But, uh, it was, it was a lot of fun to kind of take on that with him. And, and I think he'll, I think he started a, an additional game with my wife while I was in some meetings yesterday. So it seems like something he'll, he'll be interested in going forward. So he's always been interested in board games, but this is kind of the first one now that he's reading and spelling more consistently as a first grader that he can kind of get into those kinds of games. Um, right. how about, how about your, how about your kids, your family?
0: Yeah. Settlers of Catan has been continued to, I guess, mm-hmm. um, I, I think they played a bit this week and, uh, and then we actually, I tweeted about this. I think that's where you, maybe you put this in here, but they, they pulled out life, the game and, and we, I was playing it with them. They sort of goaded me into playing it one morning before work and, and noticing some of the funny things of like the. You have to choose on the career path. You either choose family where you get kids or you choose life. <laughs> and you can't have a life if you have family. You can't have family if you have a life, which actually is very poetic and almost true in a lot of ways. <laughs> but, um, it certainly
1: then, uh, changes the choices you, you can make uh, yeah. once, once kids enter the
0: picture. <laughs> yeah. I was saying, we were talking about it and like thinking, well, the life path should actually have like career bonuses because, you know, if you're, depends on if you're a single parent or even two parents like you you have more career options if you don't choose kids and that's just a reality of unfortunately or fortunately I guess depending on the case but um but then actually ironically the, I, I picked a career I was just going to play with it a bit I picked the lawyer job is what I got and then I got a card an action card or whatever it's called that I was fired from my lawyer job lawyer job for bringing a cat to, to work which <laughs> in 2020 probably couldn't happen anymore either um and then the next career card I picked up was actually a veterinarian, so it was very appropriate. Um, and then my kids were like noticing, and my wife happened to over here too, it was like every second card, action card, or whatever it's called, was like, you get to sue another player because they did this to you, and you get to sue a player because they did this to you, or whatever, wrecked your garden, and you sued them for $500, or whatever. And my, <laughs> one kid was like, was this game made by Donald Trump?
1: <laughs> very very litigious. Here.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So. Um,
1: that that sounds pretty different. I know I played uh, the game of life um, on old, probably seventies era copy at my at my grandparents in in Michigan. Um, I that w- that was one of those ones where I was really into g- board games and my cousins were not. So if we were like all visiting, <laughs> I'd be the one trying to drag them into playing these old board games uh, with limited success uh, when when we were kids. Um, but yeah, I think there, there was something where I think the career choice is more like whether you went to college or not, and that determined how much money or debt you had starting off, but then you had more potential later and then, yeah, yeah, eventually you get to the, like the estate at the end. But I think in that one, everybody could always have a family or something. Anyway, I'm sure the rules have changed over time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's a pretty, like when you actually look at it from a, it's a pretty capitalistic <laughs> yeah. game of just like who the winner is the person who gets the most money yeah and you actually get more money if you have kids because my kids were like why did i chose just life because i was just playing it obviously being silly with them and like i'm choosing life because in real life i chose kids like so i, I want to experience what life is like with yeah. kids <laughs> or whatever and uh but then they're like but dad you don't get as much money if you have kids and i'm like well i don't know if that's true," <laughs> but. Yeah, and I got I noticed I got replies from people too on Twitter about it, it was like one person was saying how they you just just say how far it's come especially in the seventies version, but her and her cousins used to play and put two blue or two pink pegs because you pick your peg and obviously the implication is your the blue ones are the boys and the pink one are the girl pegs in the cars. And she used to put two blue or two pink pegs in the car, which was pretty, you know, progressive back then anyways, for a bunch of she's midnight heritage and like the parents upstairs would have been scandalized. It was, it was, or yeah, it
1: was it transgressive like. at the time, yeah
0: yeah very much so but um anyways yeah so that's it's it's kind of fun even let's it's amazing what like even five i think our our version of the game is like maybe seven ten years ago like our our oldest is 13 so i think we got it shortly after we wouldn't have gotten it before he was able to play it but at some point after he was able to play anyways we would have got it sometime in the last 10 years but anyways and then of course like the video games are still being played Fortnite. we have a gluttony of choice now where um I picked up Tony Hawk pro skater, which we'll talk about in a bit, but, um, and then recently we picked up animal crossing. And then of course there's still Fortnite. And then because of the podcast I did on NHL 20, I was playing it one night and my son saw it and I kind of got him back into playing Mm -hmm. NHL a bit. So now it's like, there's a Fortnite versus NHL versus animal crossing versus Tony Hawk's pro skater. Almost too,
1: too many options.
0: Oh yeah. Like (laughs) I said this morning, I should have said to my oldest was like, yeah, we, there's just not enough time in the day to actually play all these games. Hey. And he kind of looked at me like, well, we're, they're not in school today. And so he's like, we, we have lots of time today. <laughs> like yeah. You're the one who's not letting me have the time of right. being able to finish these games or whatever. So, but anyways, it's actually plus 25 here today, like very warm and probably the last warm day. So We're forcing them all outside today for a while
1: to get Make, makes last sense. sun especially, before winter hits. Especially because it gets a lot, a lot colder for, for you up there.
0: Yeah. so what do you yeah. play in switch corner what's uh what's going on in your switch world
1: uh, have have not really picked up the switch uh, myself at all this week um, just school stuff and and other things going on keeping me busy um, but um, there were some more uh you know little Nintendo announcements um, like the like the Mario 35th anniversary direct one we talked about last episode number 20. Um, just more stuff coming out. Um, I think a few things that aren't very interesting to me, but I saw a few people talking about pretty positively on Twitter. So so one is a, um, a, a Zelda game called Hyrule Warriors that's coming out, and then some kind of reissue, remaster of this uh, Scott Pilgrim game, which um, a few folks sounded pretty positive about. I've never seen that movie or, or read the comics uh, that it's based on, um, but I... It seemed like people are are excited about some of these coming out.
0: Probably yeah, not ones scop- I would pick up. I've never actually. I don't know if this is a confession that will shock somebody or whatever. I'm sure, if, depending on where where you are in the world, it might. But like, I've never watched the movies, read the books, any of that. And it feels like a yeah, like a gold mine, maybe of good stuff. Thought FM to to <laughs> you know, obviously you can't pay nice. attention to everything in the world, but. Right. Um, yeah. It, it, may, it might be something that, that'd be fun to pull out. Um, I know every time the movie, I think it's on Netflix or it has been on Netflix anyways, up here, licensed to, to watch on there. And, uh, it always looks like it'd be something I'd be into with as far as the actors and stuff that are in it, but yeah, I don't know the history. And so then you're kind of like, ah, I'll go watch something else now. <laughs> so, right. But yeah. Yeah. And our, our end the, uh, so Tony Hawk pro skater, I came out and actually I picked it up for Xbox one instead of the switch. I felt like the since we have four control well, not four controllers uh, since we have xbox live as a basic requirement because of fortnite i thought chances are somebody in the world that i might ever want to play with would be on there versus the switch Damn. and felt like the platform to go on but it is kind of funny yeah, having to decide like which platform do you get stuff for because the, the portability of the switch with tony hawk would actually be very close to like a resolution wise what i would have played it as you know 15 years ago probably higher resolution still in that portable form but um, and, and actually it's, it is a lot of fun, um, just reminiscing and, uh, playing through some of the levels they've upgraded everything in terms of graphics and stuff, but they still the same kind of style and feel. They didn't change the controls drastically or anything. It's probably like a little more accurate in terms of the algorithm that's going on behind the scenes, but, um, a will like sort of half button mashing half talents and being able to like school my kids a bit right now <laughs> while they, they're still trying to figure it out. And, uh, but then they, every so often chained together enough things that like make up a bunch of points but they're both all of them were like instantly in love with the game it was kind of cool to sort of see um and just like the character creation scene or stuff that you can do with your skate skater and then um, obviously all the different center, or maps and stuff that you can go into and then playing multiplayer locally was actually pretty fun for two you can do two people multi, local multiplayer playing horse or graffiti where you tag things with tricks or point and just get it up to a certain points and stuff like that so
1: well, yeah, I, I I think a lot about um, you know how much of my how much of my game time um, ends up being you kind know, of kind of the retro is the wrong word, but but the nostalgia games, either you know sequels or spiritual successors to games I played a long time ago, or things like this Tony Hawk Pro Skater, where it's a, a reissue remaster. Um, like we talked about last week, I'm pretty excited about that Mario one or even just really old games that I've played under, um, emulation or other, um, re-releases more recently, um, like, like SimCity 2000 or whatever, G- games that I was able to put a ton of time into as a kid and now, uh, generally can't. Um, mm-hmm. I think, I think there is, what is it? Skate City for Apple Arcade? I haven't actually tried it. I wonder if that would be a fun <laughs> one to try. Um, with, with a it's controller. an interesting
0: genre, the the whole skateboarding genre, that like skateboarding game genre. Um, that's obviously skateboarding is a huge thing, but <laughs> the, right, the video game version of that, um, because it is like, it feels like a thing like that isn't is counter to the idea of actually skateboarding, which is like just hanging out outside, you know, being active, versus sitting in front of your TV hitting buttons on a video game. Um, but they do like the immersiveness of the game. I think like I was tweeting just the the sound effects that they get so right with like the sound of a wheel running on a plywood or whatever of a ramp or a, or a jump or whatever. And then when it hits the ground and it's the different kind of like cement or wood or whatever you land on or, or a grind sound of like going down a rail (laughs) or whatever. Um, all of that kind of just like, and I remember back from the original game too, it just felt right. And, and they, I'm mean, sure they've improved the sounds a bit, but it still just feels like the right kind of sound for like that sweet sound. I, I was never a skateboard. Like I had a skateboard and I fell a bunch and never got any good at it. But I, I just remember hearing and watching videos and stuff of like that sound of a skateboard or similar to like when I play NHL 20 or whatever and you hear the, the skates the skate sounds or the puck hitting the the stick and the, the different sounds that kind of immerse you in that world a little bit more than just obviously good graphics can do and how much of an impact that sound makes is really cool.
1: Yeah. It, that, that kind of, uh, you know, Foley type work seems like a pretty important uh, part of, of any of the, the realistic games. And I know like the the more recent game engines put, while they're obviously sh- showcasing all the graphics work, they put a ton of effort into uh, realistically placing sounds in three dimensions for that more immersive stuff, especially if the game has like VR, uh, support, it seems like. Um, yeah, my, I've, I've never really skateboarded. My, my exposure was limited to when I was, uh, um, in big brothers, uh, when I was a young adult in, in the Boston area, my little, uh, had a brief period of getting really into skateboarding. I -hmm. remember. And so, you know, he would, he was learning some basic tricks and stuff. I don't yeah. think he ended up sticking with it. Um, I'd, I'd have to ask yeah, I was him. Say,
0: was his name Tony Hawk Jr.? Or? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> Which, funny um, enough, actually, in the game, skaters, there's like two, ki- two other skaters named Hawk, last name of Hawk. And obviously, you Google him. And it's, the, it's his kids now who are actually taking on, like I think, one of those 28 or whatever now is a one of his kids, but who's actually a pro skater as well. And uh, obviously has a little bit of a, uh, an advantage, maybe <laughs> having right. a dad growing up with, like, I'm sure massive half pipes and ramps in the backyard and all sorts of things like that. But at the same time, yeah, it's, it'd be kind of cool to be able to incorporate your kids into the game, whatever it is, 20 some years later. Yeah. What uh, you, you've got in your PC corner here, we've got some Star Trek, I see. Well, yeah, I was. I was. I
1: got. I got the 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 Steam uh, sale alert that uh, Star Trek Bridge Crew was uh, was like half off or something, which I've apparently put on my wish list years ago. <laughs> um, it is Windows only, so that's why I've never uh, grabbed it. Um, but it also is one that has VR support. So the the idea is that you're all in VR, and one of you is the captain, and you're sitting it, and everyone else has their assigned bridge station, and you're basically playing like you're on the Starship Enterprise or whichever uh, Trek ship you want to be on completing missions. I feel like that is probably the killer app for me uh, and my family that would get me to build a VR capable uh, uh, PC. Um, haven't, haven't crossed that bridge uh, yet and, and probably won't, you know, with everything else that's going on. But if, if I ever wanted a project, that's, that's probably the game that would uh, pull me, pull me in. Yeah.
0: I'm just looking at the, uh, at the website and I'm sharing, sharing on the screen, but on the screen, but, um, the one, the, the, the replication of the, um, screens in the ship, like the sliders and stuff that to me would be like just that smooth feeling and be able to like touch the screen, which back when we, when Star Trek, whatever series it was that came out that you watched when, if you watched it, um, was like unheard of, but now obviously we all have iPads that are like as good or better Mm -hmm. than anything they had in Star Trek. But, um, that to me would be a a fun yeah, experience to be able to like walk through that, that kind of thing.
1: I I believe you're thinking of L cars, the library computer access and retrieval system.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I assumed you knew what it actually was. Uh,
1: uh, (laughs) yeah, It is, it is one of those things where, you know, the, the imagination in, in fiction maybe has some really unrealistic stuff. Like you'll, you'll see in Star Trek, they're using their, their little pads, they call them little tablets, but, but one person will be having like four or five of them that they're juggling around as they're looking at different documents instead of one device that you're switching. So like, the imagination of having this really thin glass device was there but they didn't think about how it actually be used and maybe that inspired the development of of tablet computers which then end up being much better than the you know now um uh, almost over 30 year old imagine uh, version
0: it's, yeah. it's kind of this weird feedback loop well and so you haven't gone to the the uh what's the site now i forget the name of it i i've linked to a bunch but um pcpartpicker.com no. You haven't started building out the machine just to see, you know, just to, just to get an idea. Yeah. yeah. No, <laughs> no, not,
1: got, not at this time.
0: They've got a build guide for like VR. If you need to, you know, like a, I think the, the moderate or whatever they call it on their enthusiast, maybe I forget which one that is, but you can get like a VR build. It's not that expensive these days for. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, it, it it is funny. Cause I, like I mentioned last week, you know, a couple of my coworkers are, are much more into Big gaming rigs, but also, you know, when we're on uh, video meetings, they have their uh, very comfortable uh, gaming chair that they're sitting mm-hmm. at as as their you know uh, home home office chair most of the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the other thing that's kind of coming up that's a little bit in that area is so so next week is PAX Online, um, and I've been to PAX in person, both PAX West here in Seattle and PAX East when we uh, used to live in in the Boston area. Um, And it was always a fun show. It generally uh, has a really big uh, emphasis on tabletop and RPGs because of the local Wizards of the Coast connection here, Um, but always had really big booths for all the big PC games that were coming out and and console games coming out and all that. Um, But it's going to be 100% online this year for the obvious uh, pandemic reasons. So they actually, usually it's only three or four days and it's going to be all week next week, uh, on three different Twitch channels, like different panels and different live game events. There's a discord. So I'm going to, I'm going to try to take a little bit of breaks to attend some of those. There's, there's a few things on the calendar that look interesting. I saw, um, Sid Meier, the creator of among other things, the civilization series is, um, talking about his memoir book that he's publishing about his, his career in the video game industry. Uh, that one jumped out at me as one that might be interesting yeah. to attend. Um, but uh, so PAX comes out of Penny Arcade, which, you know, is not always the uh, best representative of what the video game community has to offer. Um, you know, they've had a, their fair share of really public bad takes and scandals over the years. Um, but the event they put together in the community that's come up around it and, and my and times being, uh, being a part of it going back to, I think 2009 was the first one I attended, uh, has always been very positive and, you know, you get to meet game developers and, um, you know, I, I met like Zach Gage of good Sudoku at PAX East several mm-hmm. years ago. You know, he was just yeah. running his little booth for, I think maybe that was for spell tower, his game at the time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just, it's always a, it's always been a cool event that I enjoy. So
0: I'm going to try and squeeze some of that in. Um, and the, uh, how much are they charging for tickets now when it's virtual versus what? It like is how does, free. Oh, this it is. Year. Oh,
1: okay. Uh, so what it they're, yeah, what they're trying to make up on is, um, is all the, the swag you can buy. So they're, right. they're selling a bunch of stuff online and, you know, exclusive, uh, lapel pins and whatnot, um.
0: Man, the yeah, screenshots or I mean, the photos from past years past anyways that are on the website. I'm just scrolling through the website for anybody who's not on the stream, obviously, but um, <laughs> it's just crazy looking at all the people. <laughs> You're just like, I can't even picture going back to that. Like, it's just so hard. It's so foreign. It feels like they show the arena of like people reacting to some, you know, shot or game thing that happened, obviously. And it's just like. That feels like a million years away right now. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, I think of because I often went to the the concerts that were there, um, Mm -hmm. you know, so or or the the really big uh, panel presentations and you know thousands of people crammed into one of the auditoriums at a convention center, plus whatever thirty or forty thousand people wandering the expo hall floor. That just can't happen right now. Um, So it's it's uh it's strange to think about um and and all Twitch and Discord powered. Video game convention, but I I kind of wonder in in some ways you know obviously it's it's a, an adaptation for this year, but it's it's positive for a lot of people because there's a bunch of people who never you know whether it's because they were overseas so there was travel costs or visa issues or even just within the U.S. the difficulty of um, getting together enough spending money to to attend a you know m- multi day event time off all of that, whereas now you can just drop in and and check out a few twitch streams that seems pretty cool uh, mm-hmm. as an opportunity for more people to get involved uh, and experience the the positive parts of of a show like this
0: yeah exactly definitely that's i think it's it's cool and hopefully it bodes well for the future if and when assuming not if I guess I should be more positive, <laughs> but assuming we get out of this on the other side of some way in some form and uh, we get to actually experience those kinds of things, again, that they will still incorporate the online component in the same way, or, or at least make an effort to, to do it. Cause there's a lot of, I know just even thinking of nonprofits that I've helped out with or, or, local businesses and stuff who are like putting a lot of infrastructure in place around remote and online and et cetera. And yeah, hopefully the experience gained here is like a translation into a better world where both in-person and remote events are, are very well supported for folks who can't make it for whatever reason, money or physically, yeah, all the all the things that cause that to happen, obviously for folks. So, um, so speaking, of transitioning, I guess, from that to Apple Corner, we'll jump into which uh, this next week here, September fifteenth, I guess, is where we're coming up on. Um, it's still March in some senses of my mind. Yes, but, uh, <laughs> the uh, that's where we actually opened up a journal for one of our kids as they're heading back to school, like they're sort of school journal. And the last thing in there was we actually went on a trip to Mexico before. Um, the pandemic hit and it was kind of like looming, but we didn't know for sure what was going to happen. So, anyway, we went on a trip. And the last thing in his entry was, Have a great trip to Mexico. We'll see you back in a couple of weeks. And, you know, that was it. The, and then he never actually went back to school. So it's kind of like this right? weird, yeah, kind of like a whole nother life that happened that we never got to experience. But um, as everybody knows, but anyways, Apple event, September 15th. Uh, looks to be like a watch focused event. I think the, I forget what the tagline was. I was trying to find it here, but watch this or watch something or what?
1: Yeah. And maybe connected with all their, their services stuff as well. I I think they were pretty explicit that it's not going to be about the iPhone because the, the hardware is going to be delayed this year, even though they're normally on this annual fall event cadence for, for the new iPhone. Um, But yeah, I'm, I'm hoping uh, I'm, I'm using a a three-year-old Apple watch. It seems to be running fine. So I I would think about upgrading, um, but no, no particular rush. Um I I'll be I'd definitely be curious if they talk about Apple Arcade and and you know any of the maybe even some vague statistics on how successful it's doing. Um cuz I obviously have enjoyed the platform and and hope it hope it continues to be an investment for them. Uh what what are what are you excited about uh hearing about?
0: Yeah, I mean the other thing that they're talking about potentially is iPads just which feels like I don't know. I mean, they just have a processor bumps and, and mild, like improvements, no doubt, to the platform for people who use that regularly. I don't have one. I've constantly th- tempted to order one just because we have an iPad mini, one of the first generation Retina mm-hmm. iPad mini. So it's very long in the tooth. It hasn't supported the last couple of iOS updates. So lots of stuff that falls by the wayside in terms of its usability. And uh, it's slow, but it's, you know, you can still fire up Netflix if you really need to use it as a platform for that. But that I think is even going to end pretty soon here. So I keep going to order one, but then in Canada anyways, the cheapest iPad is still like 500 bucks. And then I go back to like, um, well, maybe you should just get like a uh, Amazon, uh, whatever, not Kindle, the Fire tablet or yeah. whatever. Like if it's just for the kids to like basically stream stuff and do the o- other occasional thing, that's probably all we really need. And if it breaks, at least it's not a $500 iPad. But So I don't think there's anything in that respect that they're going to announce some sort of cheaper iPad to compete at that level. They seem to be doing just fine with iPad sales as far as they're concerned, but the Apple watch is interesting to me too. Cause it's, um, this year for whatever reason, uh, a couple of people kind of like friend or family anyways, gave me some birthday money back in August for like, here's some money. Cause they I've, I've, I've never had an Apple watch and I'm the Apple guy in their world. And so that's kind of funny, I guess. So they're thinking maybe I'm just not doing it because of money. Um, and so I was kind of tempted to order an Apple watch then at the time, but the, with this thing looming at the time, you know, in a month or less or whatever, and now officially announced, I'm obviously going to wait and see what happens. And so if, if the series four is like sort of bumped down, which is the one that just came out last year, right. Or am I behind already? (laughs) I think think that's right. So
1: I think Series 5 just came out last or year. Or
0: Series 5 came out, right. Yeah. But there's, yeah, so there's, if, anyways, if everything gets bumped out, I don't think I would need to get the latest, greatest Apple Watch for, for anything. The one, the mm-hmm. thing that interests me the most actually is the, the, uh, what is it, EKG or ECG, the like heart meter thing. Right. That,
1: yeah. So um, I, I have, uh, an older Series 3, which, which does not have that. So it just, it just does the regular heart monitoring for like activity, um, and sleep tracking. But, um. Yeah, I'll I'll be curious too because I think there were some rumors with uh Apple Health and iOS 14. No. Yeah, iOS 14 uh having more built-in sleep tracking as well and that that is the kind of thing that might push me uh, over because I've I've found that data to be pretty interesting and um you know some some pretty clear correlations between what what bad habits I I do a day or two before and then <laughs> why did I sleep so terribly last night? It's like, "Oh yeah, I had coffee afternoon, you know, or or whatever the right. case may be. So those yeah. those data points of interest to me as a as that's kind of where I come at the the wearable uh, angle.
0: Yeah, and like the so the three doesn't have the EKG. Am I getting it wrong? Yes. I yeah, EKG. Four and five do. Um, so that to me is like I think at some level I feel like man, all of us should be wearing these things just for like if no other reason, then it's like hey, by the way, you might be having a heart attack or some sort of heart yeah. Yeah. distress. Would be good to know, like you know, our parents, my parents, getting older, etc. Like, obviously, things like that will happen in life in general. But you know, if you can be notified about it and figure out it as it's happening versus after the fact, why not for four hundred dollars? It feels like well, cheaper than a lot of insurance or health Yeah, and plans and
1: um, I mean, especially right now because there's a lot of the the articles around. COVID where, you know, you, you are, you are have an asymptomatic carrier infection, but then you have like weird heart scarring that like may cause issues later in life that you don't even know about. It seems like yeah. paying attention to some of those uh, data points might be really, really useful in the, um, the ongoing, uh, health, public health crisis.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's where it seems like the, some of those things, like not to get too political, but like the, a $500 Apple watch, which is, it feels extravagant and expensive on the one hand. But things like that anyways feel like a lot more preventative in the long run for a society than like forcing everyone to have health insurance and health plans for a thing that may never happen and sort of finding some sort of middle ground, anyways. That's my uneducated rant on that. But um yeah. So like for 500 400 bucks, whatever it is that it ends up being like if the series five or four drop progressively down to scale and whatever the series six is that comes out with some crazy new feature, of course, if they manage to make it like this one will actually detect COVID in you and yeah. <laughs> also tell you when you're about to, I don't know, whatever, some other health issue. Then it'll, of course it'll be like, oh, well for $600 I could prevent COVID. Well, that that seems worth it <laughs> or whatever, but I doubt that. I think the big thing that they're talking about is that like the, I forget what they're calling it, fitness plus or something, where they're trying to build, the rumor is I think it was that they're trying to build their own sort of fitness training thing to compete with right. obviously the money being generated by Uh, who have Peloton and their bikes and like the whole online service training uh, industry that's growing up around this. And Apple Watch is obviously a big part of that, but they're not necessarily reaping all the monetary rewards that they maybe want to be, I guess. I don't know. Feels like a thing where they could just be happy with making really good watches and just let other people make the fitness training.
1: uh, Yeah. That's the the nature of being a a publicly traded company, right? You have to you have to keep growing, you can't just maintain a sustainable business you you have to expand into new new businesses and that yeah. I think that drives a lot of the uh, services growth that apple's doing and and all the talk lately about you know epic, which we've talked about and I think just today I saw on on Mac Stories that they have revised the game streaming uh, policies after a bunch of negotiations with I think was it Microsoft's Xbox streaming platform or, and yeah. and presumably this would affect like if Google Stadia wanted to be on, on iOS and Mac OS and, uh, and so forth. And, and there's a bunch of weird rules about how you have to have a catalog app and then an individual entry for each game that you can stream. That seems like most of these other platform folks would just, they, they're not going to bother. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a frustrating, I tweeted something. It just feels like they just are sort of basically like revising it to say, you know, we're going to make it really hard for you and um, we don't really care because <laughs> we're not making money off those games and that you're effectively like it's for anybody who's not aware of how it might work. It's basically like Netflix, but for video games. And so uh, Microsoft has their Cloud thing, I think it's called. I, I think it's the bigger service mm-hmm. around it, but it's included with Xbox Live and then a Windows PC or Google has Stadia, which is a really good way of basically they have a server farm running games on their expensive things. And then they stream the game down to you, effectively watching it. But then they also, obviously you have your controller that you can then, you're sending back commands to play the game. And they have modern games that are on there, uh, PUBG and other popular games that are available through this service. And so it works really well. And obviously they'd love to take that to iOS and Google mobile devices, which makes a ton of sense there as well. Why not take it with you if you can? But uh, yeah, Apple's saying all sorts of, having all sorts of rules implemented that kind of make it not really feasible. I guess if it's, it'll be interesting to see, obviously the Fortnite thing that's happening, Epic Games that's happening with Apple, Fortnite is still not available on the Mac or iOS, the new update, the Marvel update. So in our household that does affect us. I mean, it's not like, like, obviously, like I said before, we have a gluttony of choice. So it's not like we're sitting or crying because we can't play Fortnite together, (laughs) but I can't, my kids actually today were like, oh, we should play Fortnite, dad. You should see the, they've got Thor's hammer now. You can like call Thor's hammer down and smash 80 points off people or whatever. And I was like, no, we can't because Epic's Tim Sweeney and Apple's Tim Cook are fighting. And so then all of us can't play our games together because <laughs> yeah. we, don't, we it, don't have enough devices to be able to do that. So <laughs>
1: how, how do you, how do you explain that kind of uh business <laughs> economic conflict to, you know, a, a younger kid who just wants to play the game that they used to be able to play?
0: Yeah. Well, and luckily, it's for in this case, they're not the person with the Mac computer. Like, this was me actually as a kid when my dad decided to buy, I forget what it was. I forget, like, a, he had a Windows IBM PC Junior computer for his office that he spent $10,000 on or something. And it only had three and a half inch floppy drive. And all the games were on five and a quarter inch floppy or something. I forget what the differences were that didn't allow me to play games like everybody else did. But luckily, in this case, my kids are the ones who can still continue playing games. They just, I just can't play with them, so right. They're sad you're, for a you're moment, out,
1: your your set of devices that could play Fortnite uh, went down uh, due to yeah. this. Yeah, yeah,
0: <laughs> mainly my uh, well. MacBook that had the capability, so we'll survive. But it does kind of like make me then think, well, maybe we should get that old gaming PC fired up that I right. keep thinking about investing in that is not really an investment at all, but <laughs> e- entertainment
1: a- entertainment yeah. budget is allowed. Entertainment um,
0: infrastructure—that's what you call it. Exactly. So what kind of games are you returning to in Apple Arcade? We we used to be an Apple Arcade podcast, but <laughs>
1: yeah, uh, we've we've uh, diverged a little bit uh, from that. Um, you know, so Grindstone uh, had another update, and they added a new game mode uh, called the Daily Grind, uh, in which you are uh, beating a particular small sequence of levels and trying to get the highest score um, on a public scoreboard. So I've tried it a few times. Um, it's you know the same core gameplay uh, as the individual levels. But, um, what you, uh, the challenges that you have on any given day seem to seem to vary. Um, it seems pretty fun. It's, it's the kind of thing that probably, um, if you really like grindstone and you had beaten all the levels, it would keep you coming back into the app, which, you know, based on what we've kind of guessed about how Apple arcade works, uh, the developers have an incentive to keep you launching their app. Right. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think that's probably part of it. Um, and then in, in other stone territory, like I said, I, I got back into Hearthstone a little bit again and have been playing one of their new game modes. And, and, you know, I mean, it's, 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 it's absolutely one of those games that's kind of pay to win. Um, you know, if, if you play the, the standard game mode against players who have invested a lot of real cash in the game, uh, you get destroyed pretty quickly by their legendary decks uh, but it, it the the single player content that i have access to or the things you can unlock slowly over time with coins are still pretty fun and i it it's a game i've been playing now for almost seven years since the beta on and off with long breaks <laughs> in between um but it, it's always fun to to kind of you know drop in see what's changed play it for a little bit and then i usually tire of it and set it aside again for for months or more um yeah that's that's kind of what i've been up to it, it like i said it first week of school, it's been a lot less game time, uh, this week.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Is that in their matchmaking or whatever it's called? Like when they're pairing you up against somebody like remote or random, right. Um, do they, is there any amount or account taken into like your, uh, level, whatever versus a level higher level, or is it kind of just like you go up against anybody?
1: Kind of. Yeah. So it's, it, it resets every month and it's sort of based on your, uh, like win record for the month. Um, so what'll tend to happen is at the very beginning of the month, you know, the really highly ranked players haven't played up to their appropriate tier yet. Although you don't reset all the way back down to zero if you're from a very high tier, um, so it it tries to do that. But yeah, even even within that, um, I mean, it's also I'm probably just bad at the game because I don't I don't invest in reading up on on the really broken deck strategies that that destroy people. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I have in the past tried to build specific. Uh, yeah. decks but mostly I just play play for fun on occasion but yeah as you as you win you you work your way up and in theory are getting matched against generally comparable people um and similarly in the new battlegrounds mode you have a ranking and as you win it goes up and as you lose it goes down and so presumably they're trying to you know pool you with with similar tier uh players i i don't know much about the the details of the the matchmaking algorithm Right, But yeah, yeah, that's That's been fun. And, you know, kind of going back to the board games we were talking about earlier, like digital card games or card games generally still have that interest to me. And it's cool to have, you know, yeah, you have this game, but like, you know, new cards come in and old cards get retired over time uh, without having to keep buying like physical expansions to the game.
0: Yeah, that's sits. We actually had our Settlers of Catan expansion. We had the like the uh, forget, Cities and Knights expansion is one. And oh, yeah. We had, that's a good We one. have that. We haven't played it with the kids yet just because it does add a lot of complexity. But then we actually realized we had the five to six-player expansion for the original game, I think. And maybe also the Cities and Knights one. I forget. Anyways, so we could actually – we have five people in our family. We could play five. Uh, but five people playing Settlers plus some of them being under – ten and under – makes for a really long game and mm-hmm. also um, myself I was stuck with like if you've ever played Settlers there's you can sometimes get stuck where you're basically just don't get anything any resources to do anything with the game so I'm kind of pouting in the corner because I'm getting nothing and right. meanwhile my seven-year-old is getting all this stuff but she's bored with the game so I basically <laughs> end up just playing for her or together or whatever and my my spot is kind of just nothing and so um but it's it's still yeah it's fun it, but yeah, we have the expansion sort of sitting in the closet and you kind of forget about them. And all of a sudden now that we're back in the threshold where we could actually use five, it was kind of nice to be able to pull it out. But yeah, Settlers yeah. and Carcassonne are both like expansion rich games that can kind of keep it going with. And, and, but, but yeah, you do run the risk of like losing stuff, especially with kids playing. <laughs> that yeah. sets the gaming nerd in me a little bit on edge, but um, which yeah, wouldn't happen with Hearthstone on my iPad, obviously in the same kind of way. So exactly. All right. Well, if you're out there listening and you have a game you're you're playing, whether video game, tabletop, board game, or uh, what other kind of games are there? Physical, real <laughs> world games, I guess. I don't know. Tennis, <laughs> sports. <laughs> whatever. Yeah, I've sports. heard of. Is that still a thing? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> uh, let us know. You can reach out to us at Twenty Five C Arcade on Twitter. Uh, contact at goodstuff.fm. You can send us an email if you want, and I'll make sure that gets around to, the, to Nick and I. And, uh, but in the meantime, thank you for listening to 25 cents, a video game podcast. You can find me on Twitter. I'm iChris. You can find me on Twitter
1: and most everywhere else as UltraNerd. That's N-U-R-D.
0: And you can find 25 cents wherever you listen to podcasts, of course. And be sure to check out the good stuff Patreon, patreon.com slash So you can join our Discord and uh, have a lot of fun chatting in there. Okay, we'll see you next time. Bye.
1: Bye.